Buckle up for another exciting episode of Keep Going, a podcast that focuses on real everyday struggles, stories, and successes of business owners. We're excited to speak with McKay about his secret to success in founding Five Star Commerce. McKay, we're really excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here, especially be here in person, actually meet everybody. Just to get going, you know, this podcast is all about small businesses, right? And we love the little description of your business story and your journey a little bit. And we can't wait to talk more about that today. So thank you again for being here. And and why don't we start with you just telling us a little bit about what your business is? Yeah, so we're Five Star Commerce, and we basically do hourly consulting and marketing management for brands selling on Amazon and Walmart as 30-party sellers. And we do it on an hourly basis. That's kind of what our little niche, right? Everybody else, it's usually maybe more of a monthly fee or maybe even do a monthly fee and a percentage of sales. We say, hey, we're on demand, right? You can use us a lot. You could use us just a little bit. Sometimes you might need us a lot certain months. Other months, you may not need us. Some companies, they use us as their on-call consultants. Some companies, we're there every day working in their business. It's been a really good niche for us. Uh, That's great. Tell us a little bit about how did you get the idea, the motivation behind starting this business and getting into this? It's kind of a unique field. Well, I did Google ads at a firm and then I worked at an Amazon marketing firm. That's where I learned a lot of the Amazon stuff. And basically, I just wasn't making very much money. And so I wanted to earn extra money, did some consulting things on the side, actually made an Upwork profile, started getting people calling me through there. And eventually I was like, well, I guess I'll just do this on my own. Uh, Where I was, it didn't seem like I really had the opportunity to move up. And I was kind of the personality, like I really wanted to go the extra mile and just move up, get paid more, you know, do bigger and better things. And where I was, it just wasn't really at the pace. But if I did that myself, then I was able to just move that cycle through a lot faster. So it was a good fit for me. I did not actually go into it planning like, oh, hey, this is going to become a firm. I remember I actually quit that job and was just doing this full time as a freelancer. And I was thinking, okay, that will open up my schedule and then I'll find some business I can start. (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) Which is kind of funny now that I look back and and it, it became really clear, like actually there's a lot of demand for what you're doing. A lot of people want it. And I already had the skills in place from a couple of my previous jobs or internships that helped me bring on people, train them, get them working effectively, establish processes to help people work together in a way that is really cohesive, and then just slowly bring on more and more people. Uh, Now we're at nine people. It's not like we're huge or anything, but we're very efficient. The margins are great. There's always plenty of people knocking at our door wanting our help. So it's good. That is awesome. Okay. Nine is huge. That is huge. That is a major accomplishment. To get from one by yourself to nine, that is a major accomplishment. So in my view, that's big time. And as you started telling your story, it was ringing bells in my mind a lot. And I'd like to just kind of go back for a second to that point in time when you described transitioning from your job to doing this full time. You had some skills right? You had some experience doing this, but even so there's a point in time where you're like holding on to both, right? The idea to go and do this on your own and holding on to your consistent paycheck coming from your employer. And there's that point in time where you've decided to let go of your employer 
and lean into this other direction. What gave you that confidence, that desire, that belief that you could go up the ladder faster on your own than with your employer and that it would work out? It was very clear. I never had any doubts or like ever looked back. In fact, I don't think I had a single month. Like when I quit, I didn't like make less money even for one month. I think I made exactly the same amount of money the first month and then it went up from there. So it was a very no brainer. I didn't have any kids. I didn't have a house. I just had moved into my sister's basement. I was paying 400 bucks a month. It's like, what's the worst that could go wrong? Plus when I was looking for another job before, I did three interviews in a week. I got all three offers. So I always knew I could just get a regular job if things didn't really work out. So it was a very no brainer. Obviously, maybe if I had kids or a house or something, I would have thought twice about it, but I didn't have a ton to lose. I wasn't making that much money anyway. So yeah, it was was a very easy decision at that point. Wow. Yeah. So that does sound like your circumstances, everything just seemed to kind of align a little bit to allow you to, to take that leap. Looking back again, Tell me a little bit about the difference in paths. If you would have stayed at that business, and let's say you could have earned more money working for the company you were working for, and you could have worked your way up the ladder and been you know, earning the money you wanted, say maybe even earning more than you're earning now. Think of that path with your employer and then compare that to the path that you decided to take to shove off and, and go on your own. How are you a different person down the employer path compared to the entrepreneurial starting your own business path? It's interesting to think about. I think that would have been fine, right? If I could have earned more money at that job, I would have been happy. I liked the people I worked with. I liked the clients I was working with. Now, I never would have gotten to the point. It's like when I was in school, I was always like the vice president, right? I was never actually the president. (laughs) (laughs) And that was fine. But I think when I actually did something where it's like, okay, this is my thing. I'm the guy in charge. It actually unleashed maybe a bit more of my whole potential that had never really been used just in a lot of ways as a person, definitely as a business person, you just all of a sudden become something greater than you had ever been before. And it's like this huge confidence thing, at least to me, say, whoa, I can really do this on my own. I don't need anybody else. And I could do it. And, you know, if this business, let's say that this failed, I had to do something else, I could just start another business. So it it really changed a lot of my perspective. When that happened, it was as if all the other steps in the previous six years, it had all led me to that. And it was almost like my destiny had been working toward this for so long. And all of a sudden it, it happened. Actually, everything changed when I was actually in college. So I was planning on doing management consulting. My plan was always work at big huge companies. I thought that was like the cool thing to do. I was like, why would anyone want to work at a little small company? Like nobody cares about small companies. In fact, I did this little internship and I remember across the hall, there was some office there and it seemed like it was a business with just this one guy. Every time I came out in the hallway, I saw him and he was just there with him and his desk all by himself. I thought, oh, that must be terrible. Why would anyone want to do their own business where it's only them? But my perspective actually changed when a guy, I was at school, he came up to me in the locker room. He asked me to check out a basketball form. Lo and behold, I come back to get the basketball. He tells me about the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I read that book. And then I went to an internship at American Airlines, obviously a huge company at that time. It was the biggest airline in the world. And I remember on the first day, so first of all, I had read 
that book, it totally changed my perspective. One of the lines that really got to me is some people work every day for a business that they will never own. So I went in with that perspective. And I remember the the cubicles went on and on and on as far as you could see. And, uh, you know, the first time I was like, what am I doing? And that was a big turning point because I realized actually everything I had been working towards for a long time was not what I wanted to do. And I changed all my plans. I decided not to do the masters that I was doing. And I went back and worked for this little tiny consulting firm that I had interned at for free the summer before. And basically the people in charge of that company basically left to do other things and left me running their company. That's how I learned to run a small business. Then later I worked at the Amazon firm, learned all the Amazon stuff. And then all of a sudden, hey, I can really do this on my own in a different way and people really want it. So it was just like all these things in my life led to this. All of a sudden there was this grand destiny and it had all kind of come together. But that whole time, all those years, I knew it was leading to something. I didn't know what. But I, I, I never doubted when I, I quit the career path that I was working on. But I always knew it was leading to something. It was leading to this. So, so yeah, if I had just kept working at that job, I feel like I don't even consider that as an option because I knew there was always, that wasn't the path. Everything was leading me towards this. But I think that's really key that you, what you're pointing out there is like that you're, you were looking at what was going on to some degree, right? You were kind of at some points along your journey, you were stepping back a little bit and saying, okay, what skills am I learning here? Oh, wow. Look at this experience and what that has given me now. And where could this be headed? All of us need to be looking at that along the way, whether we're employed or whether we're in our own business, step back for a minute and say, wow, look at this experience I'm having. What might that be building up to in the future? What bigger, better thing might this be leading me towards? You know, and I think your ability to kind of reflect on the experiences you had in school, the topics you learned in school, the subjects you studied, the job experience you had, and all of that was like arrows in your quiver that you were carrying around with you so that at some point you could go launch into this this experience. And I'm sure your experience now is just leading to something bigger and better in the future. I'm super interested. I mean, your journey up to starting your business is incredible. And then you talked about making the switch and starting your business and becoming, you know, basically I'm just doing this on the side and I'm, I'm only one person. Fast forward three years later, you've got nine people working for you, right? A group of nine. What were your initial expectations when you kind of jumped off and how have those changed since you founded the business? Yeah, it's interesting. And like, I think the way I did it was really good because what I was doing is I was listening to the customers. I was listening to the market. What do they need? Right. And I actually work with a lot of new businesses in our our business, right? Because they might be selling on Amazon. They might be relatively new. Some of them are down the road quite a ways. And I always tell them this, like, don't go out saying, hey, I want to start a business. I want to start this type of business or that type of business. Instead, listen to the market, have them tell you what kind of business to start, right? So I wasn't even going in the plan say, hey, I'm going to build this into some kind of firm or some scaled out thing. And I didn't know that our little hourly model and the way we approach that was going to be our, our niche, I was just listening to the customers and I get more and more people saying, oh, we want this. Oh, we we really want to go with you because you can offer this type of service or we pay you in this way, which actually really fits for what we need. And then I just kept doing that. But yeah, I was looking into product businesses and you know all kinds of things. I thought, yeah, maybe I'd come up with a product and I'd sell that on Amazon and use the knowledge. But really, it's the service that I had learned running that other consulting firm. I knew how to run a service business. Turned out not a lot of people do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, that's what the market was asking for. And then as I kept growing, especially bringing on, uh, you know, at first it was part-time people, then I brought on full-time people. It just became more and more obvious, like, hey, there's actually a big need for this. And a lot of companies are out there and wanting it. And once they hear about it, they come find us. And like, I'd get people who found us on Google and we're not even on the first, second, third page. Like, I don't know how they found us, but they would go through and they'd see, okay, they do an hourly model. I don't have to commit to necessarily using them for a certain amount or whichever. That's what I want. And they'd find us. Right. That's pretty cool. The uh, other element of that, I guess, that I really appreciated is this idea of listening to your customers, right? There's a difference between being right and you could say, hey, this is the model I started out with. I'm going to stick with it and I'm going to, I'm going to force this to work. But if the customers don't want that, the clients don't want it. So there's this element of when you're a small business owner of just always reinventing yourself and mm-hmm. always, always adjusting always to what the clients are asking for and trying to stay in that groove of what do they need? How can I provide it? And if I do that, I'm going to be successful. And it's really interesting because I would read articles, a lot of articles, a lot of books, And I still, to this day, I get all these people messaging me on LinkedIn. I'll probably get three or five a day. They're like, yeah, I help agencies really scale up, you know? And I've read all their stuff. They all say, stay away from billable hours. Don't do it, (laughs) right? Uh, There's no way you can uh, do that with a a group of people or whichever. So it it was interesting because everything I was reading was telling us not to do it. But, and then I thought, well, you know, I think I know how to do it. Accounting firms do it. Law firms do it why can't other f- types of firms do it? Yeah. And and really, it's just that most marketers who start marketing firms, they don't know how to organize it in such a way that they can. So that's <laughs> that ended up being an advantage by just not doing what everyone else was doing. We got customers specifically looking for us because we were doing it differently. Right, yeah. And, and yeah, maybe we w- could have grown faster if we were charging big monthly fees and we could just bring on people without necessarily giving them the the training that we have to with our model. But that's why we even have a business because we were doing it differently. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that because, you know, as an accounting firm, we're innovating the other direction away from the billable hour and you're innovating in the marketing industry towards the billable hour. <laughs> so that's, that's so cool. And, and like Greg was pointing out, we talk a lot about our passion and kind of something inside of us driving the creation of our business, right? And that being our motivation. But as you pointed out, don't get your passion and your desire to to deliver a service confused with the way you do it. You know, don't think that I know the best way. You got to, like Greg was saying, reinventing yourself, being willing to let go of the preconceived ideas or or the conventional wisdom that you might be bringing into your business is sometimes the most beneficial thing you can do for your business. That willingness to evolve and and let go of of things you thought were critical to your success when really they were just holding you back. You mentioned earlier when you started your business, you were really interested in honestly just making more money, being able to do more things, right? Like kind of move up the ladder because you weren't seeing that in your, your current career path. And then as you've run your business, how has your perspective changed? So maybe that was your initial motivation. What's, what's your motivation now? What's the thing that uh, rewards you? What, what's the reward you get out of running your business? It's still the income. For sure. We it's, all got it. It's so much higher than I would have made at the other job. That's great. And the fact that we can keep growing the business and can keep having to go up, that's great. I do think I get a lot out of, I like working with the team now that we have a team. The social aspect, I'm definitely like an extroverted person. I did not like 
working by myself in my sister's basement. I think we got an office maybe in my second or third month. Uh, and it was just me and a guy would come in part-time because I needed to get out of the house, which is funny. Now there's since then, of course there's COVID everybody right, went into the house into the and house. I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I've already done with that. I did that for one month. That was enough. But yeah, now it's a lot more of the social aspect. I like building up the team members. Most of them started with me, not a lot of experience doing other things. I've trained them on everything. And now they're, they just really know what they're doing, right? They're serving all these brands. We're at the point now where there's clients I have never talked to or met, which is, is totally different, right? Before every single one I talked to, I was their friend, right? They like me. Sometimes now they don't even know who I am because the team members are doing so great. And then it's cool being able to do stuff like this, right? At my old job, I never would have been a public face of anything, right? I was just working with our clients. It's cool to be able to go and do stuff and talk about the business, right? On Friday, I was just at one of the universities here talking with accounting students about entrepreneurship. You know, I told them about my story. I really like that kind of thing. So it's, it's really fun. But, you know, it's still a lot of work. Most days, I'm basically going to the office, working nine to five like anybody else would. I appreciate that. I think we, I mean, there has to be an element of financial upside and going out on your own, right? The amount of risk and all that kind of stuff that you're taking. And so you, you at least have to be able to replace your salary or, or do something like that. So that's a, definitely an element of it. I think what I've noticed too, is we've got more and more into business. The human aspect of business is super rewarding, right? Teaching people new skills, improving their quality of life, helping them and, you know, the different aspects of things that they're doing is just there's really not a, a replacement for that. It's it's just a really good and enjoyable element of, of business. So McKay, you're, you're three or four years into running this business. You've seen some success. You're a group of nine people now. You've learned some things. What advice would you give to other business owners who are maybe just starting out? Well, the biggest thing, and I actually will say this to our clients a lot, and uh, sometimes they're not necessarily clients, but they're people who call me and they're just starting out. They're not really at the point where it makes sense to hire us yet. And I was telling them, you got to listen to the market, right? Don't go in with your own preconceived notions like, oh, I want to do this type of business or whichever. Try it out. Start offering a service. Start doing something. And then you start getting feedback and see what they really want. Now, in a product setting, a lot of the time that happens where, you know, they watch some YouTube video and said, oh, you can make all this money. You buy stuff in China, sell it on Amazon in the U.S., But in reality, most of those people never make any money. And you could just think as a consumer, do you want to buy a product from some random person who just bought it in China and selling it to you? Or would you rather buy it from an established brand who you've already heard of maybe, or, you know, at least you can see they've been doing it a long time, right? So the issue there is they're listening not to their customers, but to YouTubers or other people giving them advice. First, get into the business, start doing little things here. Maybe you buy a little bit of the product or whichever, test it out with people, do that, get feedback from the customers and then follow them. Don't go in just to do something and don't even just start a business just because you want to start a business. If you don't actually have a good business, you'll do a lot better just at a regular job anyway. And jobs are great. You know, a lot of People in the entrepreneur world always look down on regular jobs. But I think in reality, well, there's pros and cons of both. Otherwise, everyone would just do one or the other, right? So yeah, the big thing I'd say is listen to the market. Don't just get into a business because you want to quit your job or whichever. Instead, maybe find a better job. And then when an opportunity comes up and it makes sense, then go for that. And then one of the downsides for me of uh, being an entrepreneur is 
when people are not happy, right? So for me, I've learned I'm such an agreeable personality. It really hurts my feelings if somebody's not happy. And that's part of why I've purposely kind of grown a little bit slower because me emotionally, it's hard if uh, sometimes you're going through too quickly and, you know, there's more mistakes, right? But yeah, that, that's been the hardest thing for me. And I'll have times where I can't sleep, you know, it bugs my wife. It's like, why are you annoyed by one little conversation? Anyway, that's actually been the hardest thing for me. So not the, you know, maybe the risk of income going up and down or anything. It's actually just the emotional side of it. When you're an employee, you can just push it off to somebody nice else, enough. right? But if you're the entrepreneur, you can't do that. All right. So with that, well, because I think that's probably common for, especially for people running service businesses, We've felt that way. Running a service business is a lot different than trying to scale a service business. It's, it's very challenging and it comes with problems and unhappy customers sometimes. What advice would you share about dealing with that? Yeah, so my wife's really good at it. I got married, what, a year into this or something. That's actually been super helpful because she's always in my ballpark, you know. When I was single, you know, I'd go home and it would just be me stewing over this. You're just living yeah. in your own head and you're not um, able to express it. <laughs> you got to have people in your life. And that, that may be a spouse, that may be really good friends, that may be your family members. But I think you do need people in your life that are there to support you. And you can t- kind of tell them like, oh, yeah, this happened. And emotionally, that's really helpful. Then, of course, a lot of it, too, is talk with the customer, work it out so that you don't leave on a bad note. And in fact, I'd say maybe 80, 80% of the time you, you can talk with them and, and, and work things out. And then, and I'm not very good at this, this way, but at some point you got to say, well, I'll think about it tomorrow when I get in the office. For me, that's hard. And I go to the office every day, there's everybody there. And then I go home. Imagine people working from home where you're literally there. That's got to be pretty tough. Yeah. You've um, got to be able to disconnect those. Yeah. Otherwise it could be a long, long day. Exactly. So much of being in business is having to interact with people in ways that you wouldn't have otherwise. And trying to be open to their perspective. But I found like with unhappy customers, most of the time they are reasonable people who just had a bad experience for one reason or another, right? And so through communication, through understanding, through putting yourself in their shoes, almost always you can you can get to a place where you're both content and happy and, and make it right. Another thing I've done is trying to really set reasonable expectations when we get started. And right. So slowly over time, I've built out like a little disclaimer thing. For example, if we're in the Amazon world, all kinds of things could happen, right? They might hire us and we make their listing beautiful. We perfectly craft all this text and stuff. We get the ad campaigns going and then Amazon comes and suspends their listing. And it could be for a totally bogus reasons, right? Sometimes they say, oh, it's this type of product and that's not allowed, but it's a totally different type a product has nothing. It's just some AI and they get mixed up. And that happens relatively often on all these third-party platforms. And I hear people with doing Facebook and Google ads, they have the same issues. So, you know, you got to alert customers of the risk. And a lot of time the issue is too, is they're just actually really new business people and they don't have a lot of wiggle room if something goes wrong. But you've got to realize if you're in business, you need to have wiggle room. As an employee, something is going. You don't to go do wrong. that, but yeah, things are always going to go wrong. And you know, anybody who's any external parties and employees, they're not always going to do everything exactly right. Right? Something that maybe should take an hour, they might do in an hour and a half, 
or you go back to it, you think it's done. You're like, oh, that's not what I wanted. But the same thing happens with any external party you hire. And you've just got to understand that. And the, the more you do it, it's good. And in fact, a lot of time I've noticed this is kind of an interesting one, but with our model, it's so flexible. We can cater to them so well. If they're not happy with that, say we've had, well, yeah, several times where this has happened. They go, they try somebody else out and they realize, actually, those guys were really good. They're pretty good. <laughs> and they come back. I have a, a dietary supplement brand I worked with. They were one of our, my first clients when I quit my job. Maybe it was like a month afterwards. They became a client, worked with them for about a year. They they were worried they're just not really growing their sales fast enough, right? And I mean, they were growing, but yeah, it wasn't like super fast. I guess some other firm contacted them. They said, you know, we can get your sales up real fast. We're going to do all these great things or whichever. They switched over to them. I'm like, okay, that's that's totally fine. I hear back in four months, oh, actually, these guys, they ta- had all this talk and they're so big and everything, but it took them forever to do anything. Even just updating these images, we're still waiting on. And and uh, they just had this terrible experience and, and they came right back. So a lot of time it is expectations. And, you know, the better you can set those expectations, great. But, uh, uh, you know, sometimes they've got to learn a little bit on their end too. And, you know, don't take it personally, I suppose. Right, yeah. Absolutely. I, I There's something in like, I don't know if it's just a guy's brain or what, but that we get an idea and we see it so clearly and we can see how it's going to work out. And it's like, yeah, here's point A to point B to point C to point D. And that's, and I'm successful. You know, I've made it. Like this happens to me all the time at home. Like I'm, my wife tells me, okay, we got to do these four things. I'm like, okay, calculating in my mind. Okay. I can make it here in 15 minutes. I'll do that in five in 10. I'll be back in an hour. No problem. She's like, you sure you're going to be back in an hour? You really think you can fit all that into one hour? Yeah. Like in my head, it makes sense. And then Boom, I proceed and next, you know, it's impossible to get it done in an hour, right? And yeah. find out because of variables, right? And I think for small business, it's the same, like you have to be able to translate concepts into reality. Like execution is di- a lot different from conceptualization, right? And the more you can grasp reality and and apply the the real laws of nature to your concept, the better off you'll be, the better your experience will be, the less frustration you'll have along the way. So switching a little bit to maybe the personal side of business, how has starting your own business and going out on your own and doing that affected your you personally? Well, there's a lot to that. Since then, I got married, right? And my wife's family, they're entrepreneurs, right? They have a big construction business out here. That's actually been pretty cool. And I feel like I kind of got that world, right? I I fit really in there. And I'm kind of in this entrepreneurial world that I always wanted to be in, which I think is is really cool. Me growing up, my family were uh, teachers for the most part. The entrepreneur thing, it just wasn't something I didn't know anybody who had a business. Right now, I was in Northern Virginia, so everybody there works for the government, oh, right? right. It's, not, yeah. it's not like here in Utah, where actually there's a lot of businesses starting all the time. And that's been cool because I always wanted to be part of that at some point. So I think socially, it's, it's just really cool. My life is just so great because everything I was working on, it all kind of came together. And it's like this big miracle. In fact, I look back at my life and I think, you know, I, I wouldn't really change anything. It was just such a good experience, such an adventure. And so... Yeah, I mean, every day I'm I'm just happy to uh, wake up and and be alive and be able to do it another day. So it, it's awesome. Like I I love my life. 
I love doing the business. I love that I did all these things. In fact, I turned I turned 30 in September, right? I remember at my birthday, I, I had all these things I wanted to do with my life. I already did them all, you know? <laughs> and so I just feel really happy and fulfilled. And, you know, I'm not really at this point. Where it's like, oh, we got to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm totally happy with where we are and we'll slowly get bigger. But it's like, I just feel really fulfilled. I did all these good things. And now I've got to think, what do I do next, right? I had all these dreams and they came true. Now I just got to, I guess, come up with new dreams. So it's kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean, I'm really happy. Things are good. Of course, that being said, I was always happy. That wasn't a new thing. It's not like I started the business and then I became happy, right? It just built on whatever was always there. All along the road, I was always happy. I always knew uh, that I was on the right path. I was doing the right things. I always had good friends. So it's not as if that ever just changes. But, you know, a lot of time they say, uh, as a business owner, it kind of amplifies who you already are, right? So if you're a happy person, maybe you'll be an even happier person, right? If you're a mean, angry person, you're going to be a mean or angrier person. But yeah, it seems like that's been the way for me. And it's, it's just really fulfilling that uh, all these things happen to work out. And it also shows me, you know, if other people are doing it, you could probably do it too. In fact, I watched a little video and one of the things she talked about is like, yeah, my mom would always tell me if other people can do it, why not you? Right. And I remember that. And I always think about it. if other people can do it, why not you? Yeah. Other people do all kinds of things every day. It's not as if they're a million times smarter, a million times richer, or a million times luckier than you are. If other people do it, you can do it. Whether that's, you know, if you want to be, you know, rock band, which is what I used to do. I used to play drums. There's all these bands and everything. And you want to go with that? You can do it if you're willing to do what it takes. Yeah. Same thing with any other aspect of life. People want to have a, a good, happy family. Well, other people do it. You can do it. Same thing with business or your career or, or whichever. Yeah, that's so true. I, I think uh, on our personal journey, you look back to where you started and that experience is you, you're not the same person, right? The stretching, the additional, sorry, you are the same person, but but maybe those things are amplified, right? Like you've been through this. I don't know if you want to call it refinement, but you know, you talk about angry customers, right? You get humbled more than you've ever been humbled. You have good experiences. You get more excited than you've ever been excited. And you just, you, you sort of grow and mature and, and take on additional responsibilities. And that just changes who you are and gives you a different perspective on what you're doing, what you're trying to accomplish, who you want to be. And, uh, but I do agree that you can choose if you're going to be happy, even though you're having a, a rough day, right? If you're, and if you're naturally happy, then usually you're, you're going to be happy. So making those choices and diving in and leaning into to the experiences that you're going through as a small business owner sure do shape you, you know, through that process for sure. I love that, McKay. Even though it does sound like you've never had a rough day in your life. <laughs> yeah, we know there's a grind, there's a there's there's things you're overcoming all the time, but your your attitude and your choices along the way obviously come through and and are very inspiring to us and and to our listeners. But when, you know, when times are tough, what, what is it that keeps you going in this business? Right now it's my wife. She's yeah. really good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah. And, and it's great that she grew up in that environment because she has so many stories like, you know, her family was in construction. So when there's an issue, you know, there's like lawsuits and you're talking millions of dollars, potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars at least, you know, they had to navigate through all of that. And she's really good with helping that. And usually the problems we run into are just minuscule compared right. to the kind of stuff that, you know, they're talking about. But I mean, I think the biggest thing too is you got to really be having integrity, 
And that's not necessarily something we always talk about. You know, I read the the Millionaire Next Door and the Millionaire Mind recently. One of the big things to talk about is like having integrity. First of all, you're never going to get as far as you could if you just have integrity the whole time. But then, I mean, regardless of that, to me, I would not be happy if I didn't feel like I was doing the right thing all the time. If I felt like I was ripping people off, which I feel like there is a lot of people in our industry that do that. you know, And I always point blame at these YouTubers making people think that they can just buy all this crappy product in China and sell it on Amazon. They're going to make all this money. You know, and then a lot of those people, they go through that process and then they call me asking for help, you know? So I think it's, it's a integrity is a big one that really keeps me going. If I didn't feel like I was being honest all the time. Yeah. I'd have, that would be really hard on me emotionally. Okay. Yeah. Now, like a normal person, if, if you have integrity, you're going to be wrong sometimes. And then hopefully you could go back and say, Hey, I realized I was wrong about this. We're going to make it up or whatever. If you actually get into something where you're not really helping people or you're not having integrity. Yeah, that would be really hard. So, and it it can be tricky sometimes. Sometimes things that are really not wrong, people view as wrong. And other times things that are wrong, they don't think of it as wrong when, when it's in business anyway. You know, a lot of people we know, oh, you shouldn't lie. You know, you shouldn't cheat on your wife or whatever. But they don't really understand how do you apply ethics to a business perspective, which actually that's something in accounting. You talked a lot about ethics. That's right. I remember that. And so, yeah, I mean, I try to really hold strong to that. And at least I know, hey, we're always doing the right thing as much as we can. And if if there is an issue, let's say one of my employees messes up or whichever, I'm going to be there. I'm going to try to fix it. You know, that's how I can sleep at night and get up for the next day and and be energized about what we're doing. I love it. Thanks, McKay. Thank you so much for that uh, that uh, principle that you just taught us about integrity and honesty. It it really does matter in business. It applies the same in business as it does in our family, in our in our social circles. We can only get in so much trouble by making mistakes, right? But you can get in real trouble for being dishonest and and not holding true to to what is right and, and letting go of your integrity. So thank you f- for that lesson. This has been so fun for me, McKay. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and, and for just your influence and in in small business. And I, I'm sure those who, who are served by your company or who interact with you are better off for doing so. So thank you very much for spending this time with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming in. Where can our listeners connect or where can they find you? Our website is just fivestarcommerce.com. That's F-I-V-E, it's spelled out. If you type in the number five, I think it still goes to us. But uh, yeah, fivestarcommerce.com. We got a little contact form. You can call that. We've also got our phone number on the the Google listing. You can call that anytime. That actually goes right to my cell phone. So All right. if you want to talk to me specifically, you call that number. I usually will always pick up unless I think you're spam. I get a lot of spam. Uh, <laughs> if I don't, maybe send me a text. But uh, I always pick up even for the spam calls just in case. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thanks again for being with us today. Thank you to our amazing listeners. You are the ones that keep this podcast going. We appreciate you and hope we have provided you some motivation or insights to help you in your business journey. Until next time, keep going. Mm